wait in the season is too late for a swim in the ocean. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. Seasonal shifts always seem to take me off guard and cause me to make some kind of seasonal blunder. Those first early warm days of spring also always seem to lull me into forgetfulness and awaken in me a deep desire to head towards scenic seaside villages to soak in the warmth, only to be rudely and coldly reminded that their seasonal progression lags behind that of inland towns. This is also true now, as early fall may seem awfully cold inland, while the seasonal warmth on the coast seems to linger in the air thanks to the heat-absorbing property of the deep, dark ocean. The ocean's ability to buffer our coastal climate probably isn't a surprise to anyone who listens to the weather report or pays attention to snowfall totals. Aroostook County, in the far north of our fine state, is not only the farthest from the ocean, it is also the coldest and snowiest with the most persistent snowpack throughout the winter. In stark contrast, we have the various coastal villages on far-flung islands and peninsulas up and down the state, like on Vinyl Haven, Mount Desert Island, and Great Wasp, where snowpacks have become little more than transient icy patches made slick as temperatures vacillate above and below the freezing point. So sure, any New Englander worth their beans knows that coastal communities get long, luxurious autumns and get less snow come winter, but why? This is all thanks to the strange properties of water and how it interacts with the atmosphere compared to the land. Even though land is generally something on the order of three times as dense as water, and one might surmise capable of storing more energy, in truth, land is a rather poor heat bank for two simple reasons. First, much less land is in contact with the atmosphere, and therefore subject to temperature changes. Land only moves with geological sluggishness, and so effectively it is only the upper few feet of rock and soil which warm up in the heat of summer. By contrast, the ocean is constantly flowing, turning over, and moving. As a result, the top several hundred feet of the water can be exposed to atmospheric seasonal shifts absorbing that precious summer heat. Second, it takes roughly four times as much energy to change the temperature of the sea as opposed to land, making it a fantastic heat storage reservoir. So the ocean both has more volume to absorb heat and can absorb more heat per volume than land. Once the cooler part of the year sets in, the land quickly cools off due to the small volume which has been warmed, whereas the ocean slowly releases its massive heat reserve, warming our coastal communities like a large, albeit rather tepid, hearth. This energy-absorbing feature of the ocean has lots of implications to our coastal climate. Of course, it means that while the dog days of summer on land tend to fall around late July and early August, the ocean is a bit slower to come around, more like August and September. This means that our coastal autumns are notably warmer and longer, than what they have in, say, caribou. This also has influence on things like what plant communities happily grow in the fog-draped summers and mild winters, and what winter recreation opportunities we have inland compared to the coast. Skiing and snowshoeing dominate winter inland, and ice skating is more often possible near the coast. So as the season shifts ever colder, you might pay attention to how our inland coastal areas differ in their weather patterns, snowfall, fog, and temperatures. 
Lucky for us in Down East Maine, we don't have to pick between which climate we like more. Within a couple hours of driving on subsequent weekends, we can follow the leaf change as it progresses from north to south. This is just one reason I love to call this place home. You can download this episode and find a link to our blog with the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology. (laughs) 